Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen. And as always, I am joined by the general manager and head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards. And today, our special guest is Magic Gaming player Jarvis Thompson, a.k.a. Symptoms. Uh, thanks to both of you for coming aboard. Magic Gaming is currently in the middle of the 3v3 Switch Open. At the time of this recording, they are in the middle of the second week of group play. They had a strong first week, going 3-1 and one with wins over Nets GC, Cavs, Legion GC, and Jazz Gaming, with their one loss to Dukes Infinitos. And then yesterday, the Nets and Cavs got some revenge with victories over the Magic. Uh, Jonah, I'll start with you. What went, what went well for your team in week one of the Switch Open, and what do you see that needs to be cleaned up going forward following yesterday's losses? Yeah, you know, week week one, um, obviously we knew going in that we were going to play, you know, really, really challenging teams. We had to play to their level and, and kind of elevate our game. And I think we, we were able to do that. Um, I think the biggest difference was we were just wildly efficient on offense. I think we we were, um, you know, even at times making zero mistakes in games. Um, and it's why you saw, you know, when we would maybe lose a game in a series, we're kind of getting beat by 10, 12 points. Um as opposed to, you know, um, five or four, you know, so, uh, I think, you know, we, we definitely have made a lot of improvements on the offensive side of the ball. And now we're kind of pointing at our defense and saying like, Hey, we got to improve here. And then I think we're going to be in a much better place, but man, it's tough, stiff competition in this group. So, um, you make a single mistake, they take right advantage, you know, take advantage right away and, uh, put you in a tough spot. Symptoms. Uh, tell us about your 2k journey. Uh, when did you start playing the game and when did it hit you? that perhaps becoming a professional at this was a possibility? Um. Well, I started playing 2K around like 2K10. You know, I was an NBA Live guy. You know, uh, they stopped making Live, so I made the transition to 2K. And then, funny enough, I didn't actually get like high-speed internet until I was at like 2K15. So that's when I started playing online and gaming online and stuff like that with 2K. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Playing with my friends and things like that. And I really real, realized around 2K17 that I was really good at the game. And so I decided that I was going to pursue it a little bit more seriously and things like that. And then 2K20, I really started gunning, gunning for it. And... I made the pool, the draft pool, like twice, but I didn't get in. Actually, I only made it once. I made it once on 20. I didn't make it on 21, and then I made it again on 22, and that's when I got in. And so, you know, it was a, I would say, smooth journey, but I definitely didn't make it my first time, but I made it my second time, so it was worth it. A commonality between you and Jonah is that you both started your 2K League careers in Dallas with Mavs Gaming. Of course, Jonah was the head coach of Mavs Gaming in year one. What was your reaction symptoms when you found out you were being traded to Orlando to join Magic Gaming? I was hyped. You feel me? Uh, I knew that uh, I wanted to be Loki in Orlando, you feel me? Like I, I knew I wanted to come here, and I always joke about it. Like after the ticket last year, how I knew I was gonna end up here somehow, and things like that. So I was excited to be here, 
And when I got the call, it was just music to my ears. How did you know that this was the place for you? I know you played against Magic Gaming in the ticket finals, won that game, as a matter of fact. But what kind of compelled you to believe that Magic Gaming was the right team for you? Well, to be honest, you know, like I said, my family's originally from Florida. Right up the road, actually, you know, Mount Dora. I live in South Carolina, so it's close to home. A couple of things that make me want to come here. Even after, I mean, last year after the ticket, I spent a lot of, well, yeah, I spent, I would say a lot of time with the team and things like that, getting to know everybody real good. And, you know, one of my uh, best friends was already here and things like that, and I feel like we gel real good. And just the personalities, I, I love the people here. Who is your best friend? My dog, Unguardable, man, Unguardable Josh. Ah, Okay. So you guys spent a lot of time together during the offseason before you got traded, or was that after the trade was made? I mean, that's been my dog since he was um, on the Trailblazers, actually. We came into the draft together last year, like real close, and, you know, we just got tighter and tighter over time. It's awesome. Jonah, whether it was from that particular game in the ticket final or just knowing symptoms, what went into deciding to trade for him in the summer? Or I guess in the winter in this case. <laughs> yeah, well, it was the winter. That, it is weird for NBA terms. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's a couple things, right? I think the, the biggest thing is um, last year, the Mavs had a really, really tumultuous season, like a very, very up and down roller coaster ride. Um, and JT uh, Jarvis was one of the few guys in the league that I think took the largest showed the largest gap of improvement um, over the course of the season. The start of the year, I'll be frank, he did not impress me at all. As the year went on, he consistently improved. I think he really added added elements to his game. I think you could tell he was putting in extra time um, and even, even dabbled at, you know, the lockdown defender in 3v3 for the Mavs after they had a player to get disqualified from the league midseason. So, you know, he's along for the ride out there. And uh, that was impressive to me, obviously, you know, meeting him in, in Indianapolis after, you know, after the ticket and, and chatting with him. And, you know, he did spend some time with their group just in the lobby and stuff. And um, that, that made it clear that his, his personality would fit in. And then, you know, going into, into this year's game on 2k23 uh, watching a lot of the guards, I, you know, I'm looking at him. I'm like, these guys aren't better than him. Um, so why would we sit and gamble on a draft pick? you know, to maybe get one or two guys when I think that symptoms is as good, if not better than those guys right now. So um, the funny thing is we almost didn't have him. Like this deal almost fell through. Um, the Mavs were really upset at one point that we weren't going to do pick 15 and instead we wanted to try to do pick um, pick 22, I believe, um, instead. So, uh, but we were going to hold strong there and we were just going to say, hey, whatever, we'll just pick symptoms at pick 15 if we have to, as opposed to trading for him. So we kind of expected him to be there. So um yeah, so it, it was uh, it was a pretty easy decision, honestly. Once we saw the game, but it was a, a combination of things. I think he put himself in a good position and, and made it made it pretty much a, a no brainer for us. Now I know Jarvis. You said before that you had a strong friendship and bond with these guys even before joining the team. But since you arrived, how has that bond grown? Have you guys developed even better chemistry? And just how fun has it been being able to get to know these guys? even better since you actually came to Orlando? Um, Well, even going, like I said, last year to this year, 
playing with him in the offseason, things like that. Actually being here with him just makes the experience way better, you know, getting to know him face-to-face, you know what I'm saying, things like that. Seeing him every day is pretty dope. Um, I would say the chemistry has grown tremendously. And, uh, you know, like I said, these are my brothers, you know. So I, I've enjoyed it a lot, um, especially my dog Oreo. Like, he, when I first got traded to the team, he wasn't here yet. So I didn't really spend time with him last year. And I would say even our bond has grown very, very strong, you know. So, yeah. That's awesome. Going back to gameplay, Jonah, uh, knowing what you guys accomplished last year, getting hot at the right time, winning the steal and making it to the ticket final, which qualified you for the playoffs in both modes, do you sense that confidence in the room, particularly amongst the returning players who experience that, just knowing that it can happen at any given moment when you find your stride and when the stakes get higher, sometimes you round into form. Do you kind of feel like the guys not only are familiar with that feeling, but can live up to that test? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would say it's it's confidence, but it's certainly belief. I think that there is belief in the room that that can be us again this season. I think that, you know, it's funny after last year, I remember someone saying to me like, hey, no one will have a run like you guys just did. Like this won't ever happen. A team that, you know, kind of went from worst to first almost, um, you know, winning both play in tournaments and in the Eastern Conference and making it to both playoffs doing that. And um, it's funny because we're in this position now where we can prove them wrong. We might be able to do it again. Um, so it's it's really interesting. I think that. It's a different game this year, Josh. It's a different game mode. The way that this game is played is significantly different. Um, it's going to be more challenging. So we have to be up for the task for that to happen. Um, I still think there's belief. I still think we're really close. And at the end of the day, you know, we say this a lot in the room. If we come every day to practice and, and we, we bust our butts and we try to work hard and we try to improve and we're focusing on the right things and, um, you know, preparing the right way, doing all these things that, you know, by the time the steal comes around, we're going to be, one of the best teams in the league. Um, and so here we are um, and we're working on it and we're clearly improving and we're trending upward. And as long as we stay on this trajectory, I think over the next month, I think, you know, a month from now, we might be in a, in a good position, but um, still a lot to do one day at a time, one practice at a time, one game at a time. So um, we're, we're trying to keep our heads on as straight as possible, especially after, you know, last night was a little bit disappointing. I know we touched on it during the last podcast, but now that you've been, playing the game more these last few weeks. What are those main differences in gameplay compared to last year? Um, Obviously, I know from year to year, even 5v5, the gameplay changes, it alters, uh, and certain skills are highlighted more than others depending on the year. But what are those key alterations that were made from last year to this year that's just making it different? Now, I, I think just based on eye test, watching the game, you can tell the flow is different, but what are those sort of ins and outs that are unique this year compared to last year with 3v3, Jonah? To me, the biggest difference in gameplay between last year and this year is the ability for folks to create shots for themselves. Um, it's just significantly easier to find openings this year. Um, there are more, there are more tools to use your, to your advantage on offense. I think that, uh, the walk back, um, different animations in the game. 
whatever it may be, different builds, just how good they are towards the rim mainly allows you to get more open on that perimeter, if that makes sense. Because you can take one step and if the defender misses you on his bump, you know, you're going to go get a quick drop dunk and it's an easy two pointer. Teams play you differently. Um, and last year dunks just weren't as good. And so I think because of that, you see guards that maybe aren't the same caliber as, you know, maybe Josh or um, Unguardable or um, Shifty Kai or guys of his talent level um, still having really good games, eight of eight, nine and nine for the field, despite the fact that, hey, these guys probably aren't the same talent level. So it's why I think you see amateur teams looking a lot better this year than they did last year. Obviously, we saw one amateur team look phenomenal in handles. But their best players were their front court, in my opinion, um, Miami and, and, and Kaze. So it wasn't even, you know, elite shooter was killing people. It was just they had a great team sync and they had great defense. Um, and so I think it's it's mainly that the ability to dunk the ball from every single position has allowed the perimeter to be even more open, um, allowing teams to just be freer on offense and feel more comfortable, uh, which kind of decreases the competitive advantage we naturally had with guys like Josh and Matt who are elite perimeter offensive players already uh, because it's easier for other guys. It kind of, you know, inherently decreases our competitive advantage. So it's, it was a tricky game mode uh, this year for us, and uh, you're seeing it in our results. We've not been sharp. Just going around the league a bit, is there any player that has really impressed you guys in the early portion of the season? Maybe someone that has improved a lot from last year, or maybe a rookie that has clearly made a big immediate impact. Uh, Joan, I'll start with you with that one. Yeah, to me, this is really, really easy. The most impressed I've been by a player this year, no question so far, is, is Jay Snags from Pacers Gaming. Um, he's been phenomenal. Uh, he w- was drafted to be a power forward. Uh, was drafted ninth overall. And I'll be honest, I was a skeptic of that pick. I thought, why in the world are you pick, picking a power forward when you don't have a shooting guard yet? At pick number nine, um, or lockdown at that point, because they still chose a lockdown to pick 11. Of course, he's made the transition to lockdown in 3v3, and I think he's up there with any lockdown in the league in this mode. He's phenomenal defensively, gets a ton of fluke stops, um, and creates offense for his team consistently throughout the game. So he's a handful um, and is, to me, by far the most talented player on that Pacers team. They have a good team. They have a good team, a well-rounded group, and they are overachieving with what they have right now. And I think a lot of that is due to him. Jarvis, how about you? Anyone really stand out in your eyes just kind of watching the competition or anybody you've played against so far? Surprisingly enough, I would probably say either – Ant season or Greens, and I give my reasons for both. Greens, I didn't really expect him to, even though it's his mode three three, so to speak. I didn't expect him to actually make the transition as well as he did, going from like being an amateur to being a professional. I feel like he's doing a very good job at that for the time being. Um, and with that season, you know. Last year, they won the ring in 3-3, of course. And sometimes it's hard for teams to keep that momentum going into the next year. And so for him to still keep the momentum and win the very next 3-3 event after not having the best remote play, it's, it's, it's impressive. So, yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of guys have been stepping their game up, and I'm sure more will continue to do so as the season goes forward. Well, that is all the time we have for this edition of the Magic Gaming Podcast. 
Once again, thanks to Jonah and Symptoms for coming aboard. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, as always, stay tuned to the Magic Gaming's Twitter account as well as the Magic Gaming website for all team information and content. And we will see you soon.